Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Well, welcome to another edition of The Rap Report. I'm your host, Andrew Rappaport, the President and Executive Director of Striving for Eternity and the Christian Podcast Community, joined with my co-host, Bud the Wiser. Sir, how are you? Well, I, I never feel wiser, but I am uh, grateful to be here. And it's very good to see you today, Andrew, as we record. Yes, because um, I almost wasn't here. <laughs> I, I want to find out a number of things about a few uh post you made online uh, about some issues you were going through and whether or not there was a my pillow involved in what happened last night i have a feeling you didn't get to enjoy that uh, no i did not I, I actually was going to say something to the nurse that you know i'm really missing my my pillow right now but yet we will get to that we will explain all of this what we're going to do folks is i know that i've posted some things and people are concerned people have some questions uh, I just, even though we're recording this the day after I posted certain things on social media, I know that um, you'll hear this a week and a half later. I get that. Uh, I don't want to take all the time to talk about myself, but I do believe that I owe it to you, my audience, to give you guys updates on on things that that are happening with me and and I you know I feel a connection with with you guys when I go to conferences and so many of you that come up to me and tell me you you listen to the podcast or you contact me on social media and tell me that you appreciate the podcast and what you're learning and I know you don't want to hear about me you want to hear about the content I get that and I know there's some who do want to hear do want to know what's going on that sound good bud I think that's fine okay it's the rap report so Oh, I thought we were on the bud zone. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we warped into the bud zone where the buds of the faith get together and talk. Um, and you had a great one with Les Lansphere. I'm just going to say, uh, I enjoyed that. I learned, I, you know, I know Les, but I learned more about him. You're, you're, you're good at getting, getting people to pull things out. Although, you know, he, he was expecting the question and still stumped that you asked him if, any questions that, uh, I no, should have asked you. <laughs> he knew that yeah. was coming and he was still stumped. <laughs> he, he said that it was like, great. Oh, yeah, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and I had him and David and Tim on about Cessationist, the, the movie that they're working on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, was really provoked by some stuff that Les had said. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about his story and how the Lord has providentially moved him out of some really wonky <laughs> areas of Christianity and uh, to, a, to, you know, to a robust, reformed faith. So that was good to hear. To a safe place. A safe place, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's get into what's going on in my personal life and and what some people had uh, are wondering. You know, I, I I had said on social media that um, I asked for for prayers because I'm really in a personal spot. I'm at you know one of the lowest points in my life, and so no, it wasn't a suicide watch. As one one person. <laughs> I'll get to who who called and who you know. There's some people I want to I want to thank, but uh, you know what ended up happening was is it's just you know when you're hurting, uh, sometimes you just need to hear from other people. You just need to know at times when when you're feeling alone that there's people that that care about you. I will I'll say this: I was surprised on on Twitter uh, that tweet 
at least as of today, which is less than 24 hours, has 123,000 impressions. I think it was like 3,000 likes or something like that, which I, I, I'm not still trying to figure with Twitter what a like means because like I read it that I click like meaning I've read this already. Um, but people are liking that, <laughs> like people are liking that, you know, I'm in the emergency room or that I'm at a low point. So 3,300 people liked that I could use prayer because I'm at a low, the lowest point in my life. So what is, what am, what's going on? Let me just try to explain. Um, I, I had several things all occur at one time uh, this year. This, this year has probably been the hardest year. Back in December, I've discovered or my mother was, was dying. And so we were getting down there a bunch to, you know, just to be able to see her, say goodbye for my wife and I so we could share the gospel with her. And, you know, we were dealing with that. Then she died in March. There's the grieving process. And I, during this whole time, uh, I have been, and but I know you know this, I've been working three full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working for two and a half years as preaching uh, in a church plant, getting not getting paid anything. So I had no salary at the church plant. Uh, I had been working full-time at Striving for Eternity, which, as you know, Striving for Eternity is a ministry that targets smaller churches. And so because of that, none of us really get a salary. I, I do get a small salary. It's a, it is a very small salary. Uh, the only reason they started paying me a salary was when my kids went to college, and I realized I wasn't going to be able to afford college I told the board I was going to have to go get a second job that paid so that I can pay for college, and they decided to start paying me a salary to cover the college expense, and then they just decided to keep it afterwards. So that it's not a very big salary. So I do side work as well. Now, granted, for years I've been doing bivocational with Striving for Eternity because I don't sleep much, and I've been able to handle that for, for years, working about 100, roughly about 100 hours a week, and which which is a lot for many, but you know if you're not sleeping, if you're only sleeping three hours a night, you, you have the time to do things like that. But when I added another job, <laughs> added forty more hours, yeah, that didn't work well. Yeah, there's like a, what 168 hours a week. So do the math, and you realize I I was just going, 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 going. I was nonstop, and I think I've done a podcast about the need for rest. And even though I did that and learned that at one point, it's, I fell back into the bad behavior and just because I had a lot to do. Like I understood I needed to rest, but at the same time, I'm always working. And so that caused several health issues. Uh, the high blood pressure, basically it's stress-related. That's causing other issues that I don't want to get into. <laughs> just painful. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, so, and, and then I had a health issue that we'll get to uh, that happened last night. But what I ended up doing was having to make one of the hardest decisions that I needed to make is realizing that I'm really not being very effective at any of my three full-time jobs. Um, because I'm just, I'm doing too much and I wasn't being fair to anybody. And so I had to do what I thought was the hardest thing was to resign from my churches as doing any of the preaching and teaching. It's not easy for a guy who just loves the people. I mean, that's that's the whole thing that I want to, you know, I like 
working with people, discipling people, training people, and watching them grow. And it was hard for me to do that, but I was just doing too much for too long. And so I had to, I had to drop uh, the one that, you know, that, that wasn't paying and, and, you know, it just, it wasn't working out. And some of the, the time constraints I had were, were, you know, just, I wasn't able to pour into the leaders and the people the way that I wanted to. And, you know, I, my thought was, hey, if I, we go slow, things will work out. But things never do work out. If you, you can't ignore things. You have to, as a pastor, it's a full-time thing. You've got to pour into your pastor. I, I posted actually on Twitter recently. Um, yeah, I've been working with now six pastors. It was five until yesterday. But I've been working with six pastors in the last six months who have had church members and church leaders, even fellow pastors, that have been just vicious to the preaching pastor. And I've been counseling them. And so, you know, when I counsel, I counsel a lot of pastors around the country, and and that weighs on me too, because I look at what they're going through, and I got to counsel them. Well, I don't have to, but I do, because they come to me, and and I have people I go to, and I'll mention some of them, but it's it's good to have that, and I know how good it is. So, when a pastor comes to me and he's struggling, I don't want to blow that off or be like, hey, I'm too busy, and I've been dealing with guys. I mean, I know a guy, 30-person church, and the assistant pastor made, you know, was making accusations. He really, what it is, is he really wanted to be the preaching pastor. And they, they, he just isn't gifted in that. But he took, they had 30 people. He took 26 people and, and left the church. And, and just was working behind the scenes so that when he left, they all went with him. So this pastor was blindsided. He didn't know that this guy had been doing all that, you know. Just someone who who was serving for three years as as the preaching pastor on a church plant, and he really he's an engineer by trade. Uh, he's a software engineer, and he never thought he'd be a a pastor. But when they started this church, he he you know he had he had told me, which was kind of touching. I'll I'll, I'll tell this part now. Is uh, I won't say who it is till later. But he had uh, he said that he he learned. Um, how to preach from working at Striving Fraternity. He said, you never taught me directly, but you taught me. Just in the way you, you go about things, you were, you were teaching me how to preach. You were teaching me how to run a, a, a ministry. And you never sat down and said, this is what I'm going to try to do. But he said, just the way you do things, you're always discipling, and you, you were teaching me. And He's like, you know, a big reason why I felt I could preach was because of all the years you poured in. And so, you know, he's, he's struggling. You know, you get, you get a, 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 you know, he, suddenly he decides, okay, maybe I should be the pastor of the church. And, and it's like, as soon as he makes that decision, that's when someone comes out and it's like they start, uh, now I'm trying to remember, I'm mixing, I may be mixing up two pastors now. I think I am. So there was a different pastor who, who I was thinking where was getting along fine with the congregation, tick got one person got upset with something he did and said he did something he didn't he didn't do and when he tried to say but I didn't do that they were like oh you're being argumentative and he's like no I'm not I'm just saying I I didn't do it <laughs> you know it, th- these things happen in ministry I said you know I so I posted like my 30 plus years of ministry experience has, has taught me that people in in church unfortunately will stab you in the back mm-hmm. as a pastor they they will criticize you. I like you know, I, I, 
I posted this earlier as well from Dave Cuttingham. He said, he had told me, he's like, he, has, he reminds his people that you don't, you would hate if I nitpicked into your life the way you do the, the pastor's life. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think, Bud, you've been in ministry long enough. You've seen this with, with churches. The, the, the preaching pastor is a hard position. It really is because everybody is, they're looking at your kids. They're looking at your wife. They're looking at everything you do. And it's hard to be in that under that glass while doing two other full-time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting here thinking about, um, and, and I hope I can explain it uh, astutely. When I was back in the um, Southern Baptist convention in the Southern Baptist church, there was this sort of um, understanding among most of the people, at least some of the men in a couple of men's groups that I was in, that you, you never question the pastor. Now, you, you don't, whatever he says is always right. So there's that sort of standoffish um, from the standpoint of doctrine, you don't question him. From the standpoint of his preaching, you don't. He's sort of insulated, segregated, isolated. He's different. Well, I disagree with that completely. I question everything Christians are to do that. What I think in your case becomes particularly particularly um, burdensome is that you're very accessible. You love people. You're trying to do ministry. That makes the familiarity with you a, an option for those that might want to attack um, because they feel this sort of association with you because you're very accessible, which I think you need to be. I think ministers have to be, particularly pastors, because you are engaged in the life and the discipleship of that congregation. So that that's a. Uh, that's a sad reality, I think, in the in the church. And, um, you know, the SBC approach where the pastor is untouchable is completely wrong. But to go to the other side where there's a pastor like you, a, a minister like you that is accessible, that doesn't need to be abused. There's still a deference and a respect that you need to show, um, even in, in light of the accessibility. So... Uh, curious circumstance. Yeah, I, you know, it's like it's it's hard it's it's hard for a pastor to step down. Uh, I mean, at least a, a, a shepherd. I mean, it's hard for me, at least. Why? I, I love these people. I poured into the people, and I just don't want to see. I I don't I don't I know that me stepping down causes hurt, right? It, it just will because there's people who came up, you know, who told me like like we never had a pastor that would take us to. Truth Matters and Shepherds Conference and and take us down to the Ark Encounter as a church and do things like this with us. And, you know, someone else was like, you know, I've never had a, a, a pastor who I could call him and he'll always pick up the phone. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a thing where I, I know I'm hurt. And, and, you know, some don't even understand, like, why, like, why, why then do I feel like I got to leave that church? Now, this is on a lot of people who are not in ministry don't really understand. Uh, one of the hardest things for my family was when I left my first pastorate because my daughter had some real good accountability there, and and I didn't quite understand the depth of it. But the reality is, is that you know it it was it would be unfair to any future pastor that comes in if the previous pastor is there. Now there are some people who could probably pull this off where they can when they can point people to the new guy. And most people say they can do that, and they don't. 
I mean, when the new guy comes in and the old pastor is still there, the old pastor is still the old pastor. And everyone goes to him. And then if there's anything the new guy is doing, they go to the old pastor and say, hey, we don't like these changes. And, And the new guy never gets to be the pastor of the church. Not saying there's one pastor, but he's... You know, you have the pastor, the preaching pastor who sets the vision for the church, and he can never set that vision if the old preaching pastor is there. It just, it doesn't work well. Now, I would like to think that I have the ability to do that and would be able to do that, but I'm not going to risk the church to do that. Like, what if I'm wrong? What, what if, what if I, I stay and I... People still come to me. They, they've used to come to me for counseling and say, I, I don't want to rebuild everything with the new guy. You already know my history, right? Well, I, I would have to say, no, you need to go to him. He's your pastor now. And, and you know, there's no guarantee that, as you know, bud, not everyone gets along with one another. You, you find a pastor you can really talk to, especially if, if I'm, like for me, if I'm more accessible and the other guy's not, guess what? People are going to want to come to me because he's not as accessible. But I, yeah. I'd have to not be in that position because it's unfair to the next guy. And so some people think like it's really wrong when pastors resign and then leave. But I understand why they do it. There's a, and, and for people that don't understand ministry, there's a, it's actually better for the church, for the unity of the church, for the pastor to move on. So that the next guy, now, I'm, I mean, you could maybe come back years later after he makes whatever changes and he's, people really see him as the visionary of the church. But that's the hard thing. I mean, I moved out to Pennsylvania for the church, and now I have to walk away from the church so that they can find another person. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's best for the church. And so my mindset's what's what's best for the church, not what's best for me, right? So, yeah. you know, so I, you go through that, and, and for a person like me who's very, uh, I'm very, uh, motivated by being with people and, and teaching people, it, it makes it hard. And, I'm, and you know, I work out of the house. So, you know, it's just my bride and I now, we don't have the, we, we're, we're, we don't have the connection with the church. Um, so it's like, oh, well, now in God's providence, we, we see a future. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I mean, I'll, I'll be open with you guys, my audience, um, because I, I love you who listen, and I want you to feel that you can know me. And I can know you. Well, I can know you if you let me know that you listen. <laughs> uh, you can always email info at strivingforattorney.org. Love to get the emails, especially the encouraging ones. Um, I, I know I get all the ones of things I say wrong and do wrong. Those I get all the time. <laughs> don't, don't know if you know I'm it takes... them, but I'm trying to help you, bro. Yeah. It, it takes 10 encouraging emails to, to make up for one criticizing email, just so you know. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I am, I mean, I've been counseling for 30 plus years. I, I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm in the, in the verge of a, of a depression or in a depression, no, no different than many. I mean, you look at Spurgeon and John Edwards and Luther. I mean, so many, of, I'm not saying I'm at their level. No way. I'm just saying many in ministry have, have you know, struggle with depression. It's not a bad thing. But I also have the, the counseling to know how to get out of it. And so there, there's things I'm going to be doing to, you know, you need to focus on others, not self. And, and so it's been hard. And that's why I said I'm at the lowest point, because it's all these things. That, I mean, I just I just got done grieving my mother, realizing that because of all that was going on, I, I ended up realizing I needed to step down and just I, I went from one type of grieving to another. And, and it's just been a really rough year. I mean, you know. 
working working that many hours takes a toll on your body and it's taken its toll and so um you know so i i had to i just had to step down from the church and i'm going to try to focus again on you know the time on striving attorney but i I explained to the board i'm not going to be putting in 60 hours anymore i'll do 40 and um you know 30 to 40 hours and and try to do that until we can you know get to a point where i don't need the secular work and then maybe i'll I'll raise that back up to 60. I am getting older. I know that surprises you, bud, because, you know, I mean, I just don't look as as old yeah, as you some. Look, you look great. <laughs> yeah, now if and you see the pictures from years your ago. grandfather, so. <laughs> see, and that's where God's, you know, when, when things like this happen in folks' life, you look and say, what's God doing? My daughter is pregnant. Uh, my son-in-law and daughter will, will move. After the baby's born, that's the plan, at least. I think. I mean, you know, you know, the, you know the, how to make God laugh, right? You, How's that? You say, "I got a plan." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he goes, "That yeah, really? Doo, 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 doo. Let's see about that plan." Um, and so, uh, you know, but I would never consider. I mean, I've always said when my kids settle down somewhere. I would, we'd retire and move to wherever they are. So I kind of encourage them to move somewhere warm. So kind of warm where Florida, I keep, I don't know. I just keep dropping that. Like Florida is a nice place to raise a family oh, near Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's still a couple of houses down the street from me available. Ooh, we should talk. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, so if I was pastoring, there's no way I would even consider moving, but you know, right now I'm thinking, my bride has been by my side in ministry uh, throughout our marriage. I, I've been in ministry for about 35 years, and I've been married for 28 of, of those years, and she's been by my side through thick and through thin. It's been some very rough years. And, it's, and if you don't know, it's hardest for a pastor's wife, because she watches the pastor get attacked and, and criticized, and she's helpless to do anything about it. And a good pastor's wife supports the, her husband. And like my bride knows when to say things and when not to. And uh, when, when they, you need encouragement and when you need correction. <laughs> yeah. And my wife's not afraid of you know, bringing out a baseball bat to give correction if she needs to. <laughs> baseball bat being the word of God, but she kind of swings it the same way, I think. <laughs> it just feels yeah, that way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's been hard for her. And, and I'm like, you know what? It's time she's, you know, she's Asian. A big part of the Asian culture is that the grandparents take care of the kids. And so she really, I think, wants to be there with the grandchildren. And so we may follow them. We would never have been able to consider that. So, like, we look at this and go, what's God doing? It's such a, it's, if I focus on me, I could say, wow, this is really bad. I'm having to give up something I love more than anything. It's, you know, like, I love doing what I do at Striving Fraternity, but it's different when you're, preaching every week and teaching midweek every week and doing all that and then doing you know getting together with men on Saturdays or doing a a Sunday school when you get to pour into those people week after week after week I I pour into you guys and, and I pour into far more people here through this podcast you know because we we get hundreds and hundreds of downloads or thousands of downloads I should say and and you know church of 25 (laughs) <laughs> and it's, yeah. it may sound weird to some people. I'd rather be the, the church of 25 than the thousands of people. 
Uh, it's just the way I'm wired because I like to watch people grow. And, and you guys who are listening, I don't get to watch you grow. Unless, of course, you come up to me at a car. I mean, I still can tell you that there's one family at G3 that probably means more to me than anyone. Because I, I had this young girl come up to me, but I don't, I don't know if you were around for this. But there was a, a girl comes up to me at the, at the booth. And she tells me she watched our Striving for Eternity Academy in homeschool. That was their homeschooling, was going through our entire academy. And she loved it and learned so much. And she had the, the syllabus. And she said her whole family went through it. And so she grabbed her, her sister, and she and her sister came over, so she introduced her sister to me. Then they found their brother and brought the brother over. Then they brought their parents over. I got to meet this entire family. The parents also went through the study. And I never planned it for homeschooling. And they're telling me how much they learned and grew. Like, that's what I get excited about. And I get to see that more in a, in a local church setting. And so it was hard. You know, it, it was hard. It was hard to walk away. But it's what's for the best. And as a shepherd, you have to do what's best for the congregation, not what's best for you. Even if you know it's going to cause you pain, and it causes me probably more pain than it does them. But I know it's also my actions causing them pain, which causes me pain. <laughs> And so, um, you know, but there's a, there's a thing to do when you're in situations like this is you, you need to have people you can, you can call on. Um, I'm going to name some names, not, you know, I'm going to name names and some of them you're going to know, and most of them you won't. But I just want to give a thank you to, to some of those that reached out to me. Why? Not to say, oh, look at these people who I know, because I know there's some critics that are just going to go, oh, you're trying to name drop. No, I'm not. Because uh, uh, I'm going to show that there's a lot of people you don't know that I appreciate just as much, if not more, than the people you do know. Because it's this is what we need in our life: people who will pour into us when we are. You know, we have to be willing to to say, "Hey, I need I need help. I need some encouragement. I need prayer." Um, I mean, almost as soon as I I posted that, Daryl Harris texted me. Uh, Michael Coughlin called me. Most of you probably don't know Michael. Uh, he used to work at Striving Fraternity. Mm-hmm. Justin Peters uh, called me. Joel Sedekase, probably don't know him. Wonderful guy. He disagree on, you know, end times. You disagree with him too, but don't worry. But he's a great guy. I like him a lot. He texted me. Tom Buck texted me. Pastor Brad Jones Texted me. He's he's a, a G three network church. Justin Peters, who who you may know from Apologetics Live, texted me. Joe B called me. Now I have to just say Joe B because none of us this is a friend from an old my old church in Jersey, and none of us can pronounce his last name. We just call him Biker Joe <laughs> because there's no way to pronounce his last name. <laughs> not, not not without butchering it. I've I've tried, but he called. Ken Cook good friend called my friend josh comstock our webmaster he called john evans called i had someone ashley who i used to evangelize with uh you know for years we haven't talked i i would say in a decade texted me tom mammon who i used to work with in the ministry and do a lot of evangelism with but i haven't spoken to since he got married several years ago sent me a text aaron brewster one of the podcasters at at the christian podcast community uh, Kofi, I'll, I'll just go with Kofi because I'll butcher his last. I always butcher his last name. Adu Adu Bowen, I think is 
Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Sorry, Kofi. But, you know, he, he called. Um, Alexander Wright sent me a text. Chris Honholds texted me. Mark Spence texted me. Uh, Mike Abendroth called me. Gene Client, Squirrel Chatter from the podcast Squirrel Chatter, he he reached out and texted me. Josh Bice, he, I should say this is uh, about seconds after um, uh, Daryl Harrison texted. That's when uh, Josh Bice had had, had uh, texted. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know Anthony Silvestro, who many of you at Striving Fraternity know, reached out, called me. Matt Slick called me, a pastor that I've known for. Uh, since I was in seminary, Pastor Gary Becker, he just retired, and you know he called me. Austin Hitchens from uh, uh, First, uh, uh, what is it? First Love Press. Uh, you know he, he he works over there. He called me. Pastor Josiah Nichols, you may know him from Apologetics Live. Um, all all these people called, and I mean you could see that all the comments online as well. But why why do I go through all that? Well. Oh, and one one other Jim Osmond called me, and so why go through that? Because this is what we need. We we need when we see somebody who we know who may be struggling even a little, reach out. You know how encouraging it is to me to have that many people. That was a long list, and I'm hoping I didn't forget anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and there's a longer, and I know your point to you know reach out and 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 provide that support, but. You had over 3,000 people. So the prayers are being lifted up. So that's the that's the ministry of the saints. But, yeah, we do need encouragement, and we do need to know that those people are there that you can call, that you can use as a resource. Um, because we all move through these sort of seasons where sometimes we're the guy giving encouragement, but then sometimes we're the guy that needs it. And we have to let people know when we need it. I'm not the kind of guy that does that very well. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that just, hey, we, I can plug through this. <laughs> that's that's my personality. And it's not always good. And I was doing that for several weeks to months now, and it hasn't been working. So, you know, I've just been going more and more into a depression. But by sitting there and just saying, hey, folks, I need prayer. You know, it's, it's all of you, all those names I mentioned, and then all the people who I've read hundreds and hundreds of comments. That's what got me to go, you know what? Uh, hearing about people telling me how the ministry has helped them. It, it encourages, and that's what we should be doing. So let me leave you, in this portion of it, let me just leave you with this, is pray for your pastor. <laughs> like, Maybe, if anything, I give you the heart of what a pastor goes through. I mean, most pastors don't work three full-time jobs. They're not trivocational. Most most are bivocational, if anything. But either way, ministry is really hard. Pastors live their life in a fishbowl, and people criticize everything. And they usually talk to each other before talking to the pastor. So by the time they talk to the pastor with whatever grievances they have, that's not really the real grievance, usually. <laughs> it's the one that everyone bought into. Yeah. Um and, and usually the, the things they really had issue with are even more petty, and they build it up. But I've seen that in so many men's lives. Um, so pray for your pastor. Like, really, I, I'm encouraging you to take time. Maybe pause this podcast and just take 20 minutes to pray for each of the pastors in your church. Because it's hard work. It really is. And so, 
with that, you asked me what happened last night and why did I want a my pillow? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll encourage you guys if you want to get a my pillow so you could get a good sleep, not like the one I had last night, you go to mypillow.com, use promo code SFE. That's promo code SFE for Striving for Eternity. MyPillow.com, get an American-made pillow. Uh, Right now, they're running a sale, two pillows for the price of one. You can get their two premium pillows for the price of one. It's a great deal. I think their slippers are at their lowest price ever. Uh, Just use that promo code, and you'll be able to get a great discount. American-made products are supporting an American-made company. Uh, someone who stands up, at least stands up for the positions we would hold to biblically, even though we would have a lot of differences with him theologically. But I think that it's um, it's something that, you know, you can get a good night of sleep and support American citizens at the same time. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code SFE. So why did I want a MyPillow? Well, my wife and I uh, decided we'd sit down and uh, watch a show. Now, we, we watch some Asian shows. We're watching an Asian series right now because, well, the American TV just can't be watched. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, my wife commented last night, the difference between, like, we were, we started trying to watch a show that was on ABC, so we figured to be safe, uh, was Grey's Anatomy. And it's like a medical, you know, doctors and a couple episodes in, my wife goes, you know, I don't want to watch the same. It's just the whole, every episode, someone's sleeping with someone. Like there's no nude scenes. There's no, there's no, it's, they don't even show anything that's like even remotely sensual. It's just, you know, that they're, you know, they're hooking up. And she's like, I don't even want to watch it. And I'm like, yeah. So, so you start watching this and she says, last night, man, the contrast between that last thing that we tried to watch and this, cause I'm just trying to sit and watch some TV to relax. So I'm spending time with her and we're doing something. And so, it, yeah. So, I'm sitting there and I make, I got some peanuts and, uh, or some almonds and walnuts and I'm just eating them while we're watching. And I, and all of a sudden I'm noticing my lip is blowing up and I'm going, huh, I think, uh, I must be an allergic reaction to walnuts. And I didn't think much of it. Cause I mean, I've had allergic reactions to food sometimes and it's it, you know, maybe your lip, it blows up and then it, it goes away, but this wasn't going away. It kept getting bigger, and I was like, you know what? It's it's eleven, uh, like eleven something at light. Let me see if there's any, you know, pharmacies that are open, CVS to go and get something. Oh, the one right by us is open. I go there. Nope, the hours online was wrong, but I found one that was twenty four hours. So I go over there. Fortunately, the pharmacy was still open by God's providence. Now. I'm just thinking it's a allergy, food allergy to the walnut. It's probably not going to be a big deal, and I'll just get Benadryl. And so I walked over to the pharmacy and I said, I showed him my lip and I said, uh, "This started just started an hour ago. Um, I just want to get some fast-acting Benadryl." He says, "Okay." Shows me where it is. Says, "Listen, if you start having any kind of breathing problems, I mean that looks like you need to get to a hospital right now. But if you're starting to have any breathing problems," go to the hospital. Don't hesitate. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, so I called my wife and said, he thinks I should go to the hospital. Maybe I'll come pick you up. I'll pick you up and you drive me to the hospital. And she goes, okay, well, I passed the hospital. And I don't know if it's because the doctor put it in my head, (laughs) breathing issues, because that can happen. I started thinking, am am I having issues breathing? Huh? And I said, I call, I'm on the phone with my bride. I just said, you know what? I'm turning around. I'll go to the hospital. Meet me at the hospital. And she doesn't, I got this little car. She doesn't like driving it and it's raining. She doesn't like driving at night and it's raining at night. It's my car. I mean, it's a trifactor of bad, right? And uh, she's like, I hope I make it. (laughs) 
And uh, I, I get to the hospital and they told me, you know, they, first off, they told me I'm going to be there for six hours. So I called my bride and said, turn around, go home. You, you know, they're not letting me out till six in the morning anyway. So get some sleep. So she turned around. Basically what it was, was the, because of the health issues, because of all the stress I was under, I ended up having, not only do I have the high blood pressure, but the high blusher, high blood pressure medicine that I take, I now got an allergic reaction to. And basically they said, you could be taking this medicine for years. I t- I've been taking it for months, uh, maybe a little over a year. And I never had a problem with it. And all of a sudden I had this. And, and she said, if you have it once, you will have it again if you ever take this medicine. So I, won't, I have to be off the medicine. I have to find a different medicine. She said, you will get it again and you'll, you'll have to have a tracheotomy, which is kind of bad if you speak for a living. Mm. So uh, basically what happened was is that they informed me that uh, the way this reacts, had I not come in when I did, they were able to put a, you know, give me some medicine that would stimulate my lungs so that I could breathe and act as an anti-inflammatory, I guess, so that it doesn't swell up and it would go away. But she said, most people wait until, until the throat starts closing and it's too late. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I, by God's providence just said, you know what, let me get Benadryl happened to go to one where the pharmacist was still there. And he had, he, if if it wasn't that I asked him, I wouldn't have gone to the hospital. But when I got to the hospital and they explained, yeah, it's good that you got here because you wait, if you had waited longer, you would have been in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I was, I spent the night in the hospital, uh, sitting with this very uncomfortable pillow. It was definitely not a, my pillow. Uh, and, and I wasn't even in, cause I was in the emergency room and not even in like a curtained area. They just had me in the hallway. I love the, the RN. He comes by and says, well, here, I'll put you in the deluxe suite. <laughs> and he goes, it's just, he goes, it's just temporary till we find a room, you know, because they were going to check me in. And, uh, instead they just, they just left me right there all night. And, uh, I just, I, after everything I had been through, I just dozed off. And uh, I, I dozed off really just, I was reading through Twitter and reading through comments people were saying and fell asleep and had a comfortable sleep, even in the hospital, even though I kept waking up and, but I, I woke up a lot more refreshed. Uh, as you can see, bud, my lip is normal. Um, it, it, it was, it was getting so bad. I was slurred in my speech. You know, it, it, it looked bad. Uh, I didn't, I got some pictures of it, but not at its worst. Uh, whether I ever post those pictures or not, totally different. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it was it was a scary time, and uh, you know all of this you know due to stress, and uh, so you know it's it's something where uh, we we have to see you know and like I said with the earlier part of this, ask what God is doing. It's by God's providence that I'm able to sit here and talk with you today, right? Yeah, because this is last night, and I would have been in the hospital getting a tracheotomy had I waited too long. Because mm. I didn't think it was any big deal. I came home and said to my bride, I'm like, I didn't think it was any big deal. Just It's a, it's walnuts. I'm not really allergic, but I probably had too many because I've had things where I have too many of something and sometimes my, you know, my lip will swell up for a little bit and a couple hours it goes back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just glad that God put it on my heart to go get the Benadryl. 
that that was the place that that one CVS was still had the pharmacist there that I went and asked him so that he could see it and encouraged me to go to the hospital. And instead of being, you know, the manly man who toughs it out, which is more what I'm prone to do. I'm not prone to take medicine. I'm not prone to uh, go to a hospital. I decided to do it. And I'm really glad that I did because it may have saved my life. Well, I'm glad you did too. Now, I want to speak to one thing that uh, is meant to encourage you. And I've run into this before because of this issue of depression. This this happens. We all go through this. And as a pastor, you need to preach to yourself the same counsel that you would give to someone that comes to you that's facing this situation. But one of the very simple things that I think we always miss um, it harkens back to something that you said is sort of this self-absorption. Well, we've got two great commandments. We, we've got the, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So we've got these two commandments. Implicit is that third one, which is part of the second one, love your neighbor as yourself. Normally, we get that out of sync. We love ourselves before we love God. Now, maybe God's in part two or position two or others. Are. So the solution to address this onslaught of any depression is to get those mm. things in order and focus on Christ. Look at Christ first. And you do that through the word. You do that through prayer. You do that through preaching. You do that through all of these means that he's given us. So you love him first and then you look to others. So you get those things in the right order and it, it requires you necessarily to therefore less focus on self. It's self-denial. Um, and the Lord blesses that because we're being obedient. So that's always something to keep in mind. It's hard to do, but um, you know that counsel. I know that counsel. And we all suffer with this from time to time. And the Lord is tilling that soil to draw us closer to him. This is the entire point. So uh, don't forget that, brother. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that love you. You know, I I missed two people. And this is going to really be really bad. I I forgot to mention you, bud. You reached out to me. You texted me pretty quick, too. So sorry for forgetting you. The other one, what you said, that's what made me think about it, was Dave uh, Cuttingham also. Because Dave was the one who said to me, he's like, Andrew, you've been counseling long enough. You, You know what you need to do. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. He's like, but that could be the problem. Because... And that's why I put the post out because he actually knew he's, he, I've been, you know, some of these men that I mentioned, some of them knew already what was going on. Dave is one of them because he's been, you know, close with me and, and counseling with me and, you know, call, see how I'm doing. Same with Justin Peters. And these are guys that I, I, you know, pour into me and and I tell them things. And so as I'm struggling, that's who I go to. And and Dave, um, so Dave, before this was like, Andrew, your problem is, you know what to do. Which means you won't seek out help. You're going to do it on your own. And you know that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big reason why I put that post out there to just say, all right, take his counsel and say, I don't know who's going to respond, but just say, hey, I could use some prayer. And, and it just, you know, don't, I don't need to get into, I got into some details here to explain why, why, why here and not Twitter, because you're my audience. You know, People that I don't know on Twitter who who don't, aren't even following me on Twitter, like I, you know, it's just different a different audience. And and you guys, are, I feel I'm closer with. Uh, you're the ones that come up to me at conferences and email me and tell me that you listen. So I feel I I feel like I owe you more. 
I, I wanted to, I put it out there because I just said, you know, I, I know that part of the recovery process in this is to move off of self. And that's what depression is. It's self. It's a focus of self, a woe is me. Things didn't go my way or things aren't happening the way I planned or something happened outside of my control. I mean, I just, it happens that I was preaching through James on how to deal with trials as I'm going through these trials. It's, it's yeah. just a... God's yeah. providence and how he does things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always forget that line in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done. Correct. And sometimes that's difficult when it contradicts ours. Yeah. And and so that's, you know, that's basically what it came down to is uh, I I really needed to focus in on what I need to focus on. And those of you who reached out to me, you helped me more than you could ever know. Uh, the the encouragement meant more to me than you'll ever know. And so I don't typically, I've done this, I think, twice in, in five years, six years of podcasting. <laughs> twice that I've, I've gotten, done a whole episode on me, on me. I don't like doing that. But the two times I have, it's because something was now, granted, the last time was much shorter, I think, but uh, I, it's because I think I feel I owe you guys. You, you may not realize as an audience how much you mean to me and hearing from you how much it means to me. I'm talking to a microphone. I get to see Bud's pretty face. I feel bad for him. He's got to look at mine, but it, I just, it's me and this microphone and Bud on the other side. I don't get to see you guys. But I love you guys. I pray for you guys. I don't even know all of you by name. Uh, I, I, I will sometimes pray through the those who write reviews on the podcast. I, I look at those and pray for those people because that's how I know names of people who are, who are following the podcast. So that's something that, um, just to leave it out there, is that I, I want to encourage you to encourage others. I want to encourage you to be praying for your pastors. You this this Sunday, maybe, maybe think of something that you could do to surprise your pastor with a showing of appreciation. Don't wait for October on Pastor Appreciation uh, Month. Do something out of the ordinary. Do something he might. That, and and some of us have some churches have more than one pastor. We think of the preaching pastor. No, you got more than one pastor. Even the lay pastors are pastors, even if they say they're elders. Do something for them. Just, just come up with something. It could be something small. Get, get them a gift card at Amazon. Get them, you know, go get them a cake if they like, you know, cakes. So just do, do something. Just to say, hey, pastor, I appreciate you. It will mean more to your pastor than you'll ever know. They, mm-hmm. They'll never be able to explain how much that encourages them. So I want to encourage you to think about doing that. That's that's your homework assignment for this week, where we'll be back in the our Striving for Eternity Academy where I can give homework. Your homework assignment is to surprise your pastor this week with something to show appreciation. Now, some of you are going, but Andrew, I am the pastor. Okay, do you have other pastors on your, you know, at the church? Surprise them. If you go, well, well, Andrew, I'm the only pastor in my church. You have any friends that are pastors? <laughs> surprise them. Maybe what you could do if you're the if you're the pastor, surprise someone in the congregation. Just be like, hey, hey yeah. yeah, I just wanted to do this to show how I appreciate you. There's somebody in your church you can encourage, and it'll probably mean a lot to them that their pastor thought about them. I mean, let me. I'll, I'll just put it this way. 
Let me just read something. I, I responded to uh, uh, to Pastor Josh Bice when he texted me. And he texted me twice when I put the post about the uh, being at a low point. And then first thing this morning, he said, are you okay? When I said I was in the hospital. And I said to him, so he, he posted, he came out, reached out twice. I said, it, it means a lot to me uh, as you, as you are, uh, oh boy, I see typos. I, I should really proofread, but uh, as you're, you are so busy with so many important things that you have to do and you reach out to me. Uh, it means more than you can ever know. I mean, Josh is a busy guy and, and Josh and I don't know each other that well. I, I, Josh is not, I, he's not someone I would say that he would consider me a friend or I'd consider, I mean, we're acquaintances. We know each other. We, we, we love each other. We'll talk to each other, but we don't talk often. Usually we talk when there's, we have a need, you know, I, Hey Josh, you know, here's something I, I need from your, I, you know, he needs, uh, it's, usually it's, I'm asking him for a request, right? But it's, it's uh, for some reason we need to talk. It's not, we just pick up the phone and talk. So having someone like that, that's as busy as he is, like that means a lot. So pastor, if you reach out to someone in your congregation, they look at you as being really busy, and all of a sudden it's like, wow. I mean, I could tell you from personal experience, a pastor that's accessible, people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's unusual. Well, we've been going for 50 minutes, bud. That was not a 30-minute. Someone, someone, bud, must be you, had, had uh, just running of the mouth there, I think. <laughs> it could have been me. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out <laughs> oh but uh well, we love you thank you for what you're doing uh this is a valuable ministry uh the lord is blessing it you know that and uh you focus on the things that you know you'd counsel others in and uh be there when i come to you and need it <laughs> yeah you know i should also mention you know we we got you know the, Two of the main names that I mentioned there, some of the names I mentioned are from the board at Striving Fraternity. And, and that's the thing, I, I have a board, I got a good board. Uh, you need people around you that not only will encourage you, but also correct you. It's, it's actually one of the things, Bud, you know this. The, the, the only way you can get on the board of Striving Fraternity is you have to have a proven track record that you would correct even me. So even the, the founder of the ministry, you got to show that you're, you're willing to correct me. That's the type of people I want around me. I don't want a bunch of people who are going to be like, you know, oh, the, the you know, they, they just say, oh, well, you know, we, you said this, we're going to follow it. Don't, I don't want a bunch of followers that are just going to yes, yeah. be yes men and say, well, we're going to do this because Andrew, Andrew wants that and he's the founder. No. I got guys around me that are going to be like, Andrew, we think you're wrong. Sometimes they well, say that's what I enjoy about being on here. I'm not a yes man to you. You're not a yes man to me. We can, we can bat things back and forth. Uh, but that's wonderful. That, I mean, that's yeah. a blessing to be able to do that and not rip each other's throats apart. It's, you know? it's healthy because we need the correction, right? We, we need that in our lives. And so we need both. So if your pastor corrects you, don't be so quick to be like, Hey, it's a problem with the pastor. Maybe he's just doing it in love. I hope. <laughs> now, they yeah. aren't always, you know, and sometimes in the congregation, pastor, when the congregation corrects you. Okay, sometimes they don't seem to be doing it out of love, but maybe they are. 
Maybe they have a funny way of showing love. We got to try and take it that way. You know, it, it's, I, I've had hard lessons over in the ministry and I've had to learn that you got, you got to take it. You know, I don't always agree. And, and, you know, one of the things I get, you know, if I don't agree with someone's, uh, accusation of me, you know, someone says something and I don't agree with it. I'm, I'll say, no, that's not true. But, you know, I've, I've learned over the years, and my wife has helped me a lot with this, is to say, you know what, they're, a lot of the people, they're not actually trying to say you're wrong. They just want you to, they just want you to say you heard them. And yeah. so she's, she's got me to just say, you know what, just say, okay, I hear you, I understand what you're saying. Don't have to correct it. You know, when I, I have this sense where I always feel like every wrong has to be corrected. I'm learning every wrong doesn't have to be corrected. <laughs> gets me in trouble on, on social media and it's it's not that i'm you know it's just i i want people to know the truth and so i want to teach truth and so what ends up happening you know not everyone accepts correction not, you know and then you know i'm guilty of it too i'm sure so so a little bit more personal episode a longer episode than we thought oh well but sorry about that those of you that are still here next next episode we're going to do is we're going to talk about soteriology the doctrine of salvation this is a heated one often we're going to get into lots of issues we're going to spend a lot of time in this in this next episode we're going to give you an overview of it so that we can dig in to each of these counter each of these points next week or the next several weeks. And what we're going to do is give you some recommended resources as well for you to start reading uh, in the area of soteriology so that maybe you can do some other reading and really beef up in this area. So I hope that this has been encouraging to you. I hope it's been helpful to you. And I hope that you learned something. It's a different episode than we usually do, but I hope, I hope God can use it in your life. Amen. And with that, bud... That's a wrap. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity ministry. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org.